Hello, hello. I am Mayor Watt. That is hometown. We are live. No fanfare beforehand. You get to see us bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. The AI is up there and you'll get to see the visualizer when you introduce yourself. Hello, AI. Good evening, hometown citizens. Oh, yeah, your visualizer is a little dark. Hmm. That's okay. Let's get into it. Today is Season 2, Episode 183 for July 2nd, 2023. Watch your balls. <laughs> so we've already selected all 12 of our articles. They're up for the election. You can get to them by going to hometown.com slash daily election. Well, it just says elections in the URL. So hometown.com slash elections. When you click that link, I'll open it as a new tab because why not? You'll see all of today's uh, articles um, in the very near future uh, this coming week. These will be uh, actual titles um, that match what we talk about, not necessarily the actual title of the article. But when you click it, you'll get taken to the hometown article itself. You'll be able to vote from there. You'll go like this and let's get into it. The very first article is part of the reason why our title today is Watch Your Balls. Well, it's because um, in the Smack Talk channel, Major League Baseball scouts use two iPhones and artificial intelligence because artificial intelligence is starting to take over our entire universe. If you haven't heard about it, mm, you're a little late, but we can talk about it. Um, so Major League Baseball scouts use two iPhones and AI to identify player potential. Oh, you know what? I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong everything. <clears throat> Let me change that. Thank you very much. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm doing it live, folks. I'm doing it live. Um, yeah, so I was in the wrong category and the wrong title, but now we are all fixed. Thank you, crazy cat lady for coming in early and saying hello and telling me that I'm in the wrong channel. My bad. Uh, my only reward is my undying gratitude. Thank you. Uh, so now your entire potential is going to be assessed by an artificial intelligence and two iPhones. So if technology hasn't leaned into making you feel inadequate, here's another example of why you're inadequate. Don't feel bad. Get good. Major League Baseball scouts have traditionally relied on a combination of stats and experience to identify high school and college players with the potential to turn pro. But now the league is experimenting with new technology that could help make the process more reliable. Um, and I say reliable because, well, AI has the audacity to spew out BS with the regularity of a cheap ham radio. And you never really know what it is. I'm not actually against AI. I just don't think 
I like the idea of AI assessing someone's potential <laughs> um, when particularly baseball, you can actually train yourself to be very, very good. Even if it takes more work, you can still be better than somebody who qualifies as having more potential. Uh, so it caught me off guard and I wanted to talk about it in the, in the show. Um, the article though was, uh, brought to us by nine to five Mac major league baseball scouts use two iPhones and AI to potent to identify not, not potentially, or maybe help assess that it's to identify player potential. Ben Lovejoy over at nine to five Mac, put this article together. How do you feel about it? You're an AI. How do you feel about it? Well, I think AI is already used to assess potential in terms of screening resumes and doing other things. I know that's not quite the same scenario, but I guess I don't have a problem with it if they're checking stats or things like that. But for instance, if they're weeding out um, a candidate and no human is ever looking at it, that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, so um, it says here, it's the physics of player analysis. So player analysis ha had already borrowed from a branch of physics known as kinematics, sometimes referred to as geometry of motion. Uh, this combines data we can directly measure, such as position, velocity, acceleration, and geometry to figure out data that cannot be directly observed. So they're using these two cameras to basically track how somebody moves and their performance as a result of it by using cameras rather than body sensors uh, to generate movement data. The analysis can be carried out um, during actual gameplay. Interestingly enough, this can actually be used on anybody, not, not just interested parties, but you can, you can basically match it to anybody just pointed at people this may actually use something like a um, a gyroscope that's on or accelerometer as it mostly is known by on a in an iphone by most people an accelerometer that shows where it is in both time and space and uh but you can basically point two cameras at somebody they're the third point so you can actually map out everything, every motion that they're doing while they're standing at the plate. It just, it makes me, if it's used to enhance performance, yeah, sure. But it's, if it's to evaluate that you're just a little off, um, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't like it. You know, I don't like the idea that it's assessing you from a remote position and then saying you suck to somebody when maybe you're having a bad day a week a month i guess if you're not 100 then you're nothing to me can you even detect the likelihood of in it, it says that here that it can detect the likelihood of injury it has good news and bad news for players baseball insiders say that this type of analysis can be good for new or good news for some players whose past statistics may not reflect their future potential quote 
Some player agents believe the movement data could help players who are likely to go uh, in later rounds of the draft, showing deeper skill sets that may not be immediately apparent in the player's high school or college results. I, I just, I don't like it. Could be it's bad interesting because it looks like it mixes up the results and those that are viewed as maybe the strongest might actually come out with poorer results and vice versa. It just seems weird, right? If a player is already projected to go near the top of the draft, MRI data or movement data may be used by a team to find potential red flags in the player's athletic profile, which could be used to negotiate a smaller bonus for the player as he enters professional baseball. Yeah, I don't like the like the discrimination aspect. I mean, aren't they going to be getting into like HIPAA or almost genetic information at some point? I mean, it smacks as a sports related eugenics, you know, you're only getting those that have been assessed, not by a human evaluator, but by some weird statistical response from a bunch of tools. I just don't like humanity being phased out from the process of deciding who is a good ball player, you know, again. Agreed. And this is not what I thought this was going to be. I thought it was going to be some sort of numerical, like how many home runs have they had or, or something like that. Nope. This is obviously much different. Yeah. When I heard this, when I heard of this and then I saw it actually submitted. See, I've heard about this before where people are using video to record their play um you know there there are people out there that record themselves throwing a pitch or taking a swing or uh, playing tennis or uh, shooting a bow whatever they do it on their own right and they go back and they view it and they go probably okay. for improvement purposes right yeah it's self-evaluation it isn't somebody on the other side of the field sitting there looking at it going, well, the kinematics say that you suck. So we're not going to take you on, you know, but like crazy cat lady says, and if they watch them on their one bad day, done, you know, if you have to be a hundred percent, I don't know. It, it's just disconcerting to me. So I thought that it would be an interesting discussion. Um, like usual though, because we have so many articles in the show, um, we kind of hint, Hey, here is the link. Um, we'll throw it in chat. We'll throw it in the show notes. Um, click the link, follow the, uh, road through hometown over to the source, have a gander at it. See if you can suss out something that we just don't see it. Maybe your perspective is vastly different than ours and you would, or, or either one of ours and, you know, come back and in the, I don't know how to put it, you know, in the, in a friendly sort of way, pick a fight, uh, argue with us, talk to us about your perspective. Cause that's what I'm really interested in. I don't want to just say my two bits, although, you know, it is, I'm the mayor of hometown. It's my show. I've got an AI that uh, throws in their perspective based on their view. It's largely anecdotal as well, just like mine. Um, but I am open to discussion. I was in another person's stream, uh, as I usually am throughout the day. I'm checking out other people, seeing what they talk about, how they talk about it, etc. And I, and that person, uh, flat out told people that they're not interested in their 
polar opposite perspective, but see, I am. I have no problem discussing it as long as we're friendly about it. Um, as soon as it becomes, you know, virulent, angry, aggressive, then, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> treat it as if we're all visiting each other's house and you're not going to get into a fist fight with somebody in somebody else's house. So I'm going to request that you either tone it down or leave. But anyway, we're supposed to be positive vibes around here, except that we're realist and pragmatic about it. Somebody tell me why this isn't creepy as hell. Because it's not like everybody ha Okay, so you either have everybody buy into it or nobody should buy into it. Because if there's well, one I'm person... Well, thinking you're the baseball manager, you probably don't think this is creepy. You're the baseball player, you probably think it's creepy. <laughs> Unless you think you are a number one head honcho. You're the, you're the cream of the crop. But the article pointed out that those people could actually get poorly assessed with this. And that's what's really interesting. Like, it's like a complete game changer, potentially, in terms of where people are headed. Now, that's good or bad, depending on where you are in the order. Yeah. Oh, here. Maybe it's a spoiler. Get close to the monitor. Come here. Step into my office. Maybe it's because the AI is spewing out bullshit. We're 13 minutes into it, so it's not a problem. Hey, I'm just following the article. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I get it. I, I understand what you're saying, too. But, man, this just screams creepy to me. So, let's move on because we're going to actually somewhat bookend the entire article around the context of watch your balls. Next order, article is over in the Daily. Uh, actually, it's in Ometown Daily. So, it's a channel just like this show. Each one of these uh, channels that I talk about should be a show on Twitch. So if you know somebody or you want to co-host or host, get in touch with the mayor. So here is a not so amusement park ride. Um, North Carolina amusement park ride closes after discovering crack and support beam. The park calls it the tallest, fastest, longest giga coaster in North America. That's going to fling you off into space. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Sorry. It doesn't actually say that. That's not in their brochures. <laughs> that that part's not in the brochure. Um, but it's over at uh, ABC News. It's an Associated Press article. And um, uh, if that's the crack, holy hell. <laughs> okay, but that's not the most important detail in this photo. <laughs> I clicked through because I wanted to see it. And I actually saw it in video form in another article. But it moves there is an active roller coaster going by sure. this and yes the beam moves while this is happening <laughs> it was already cracked but it, you see it yeah. moving yeah holy hell how did it get to that point well that's what i don't get because that ride it had to have been cracked before the ride ever went and probably the ride before that i, yeah. I don't and there's i don't know it doesn't make any sense to me and I just figured out a solution for this. And it would be, be very inexpensive to deploy. Although, for the con so when, as an element of the show, one of the things that we talk about is the crossroads of business, technology, and society. Okay. So when I come across something that I think could be a business solution, then I can say, hey, here's a, I can come up with a solution for this, and I already have it. I will actually do the marketing research and I will contact 
the show or the sorry the amusement park and say hey i have a solution for this and it can track in real time monitor in real time and notify um and it's not expensive but here's the thing about the business aspect where it crosses with technology and society although the technology is going to be inexpensive the benefit to society the cost of operations for shutting down this ride astronomical impugning the integrity of that ride astronomical the reputation of that amusement park astronomical they take a hit if somebody gets hurt so when you price a solution like i i just came up with in five seconds i knew how to solve this problem the moment that i see that i could save right now thousands of people's lives over a year and 25 people on a particular ride unless they're running multiple tracks that are uh, trolleys at a time right i could save lives now how should i price that or should i just out of the kindness of my heart give it to somebody who will undoubtedly price it exorbitantly price it how you should have <laughs> right it depends on if you're going for cal capitalism or altruism i suppose and that is the you dilemma have it both ways <laughs> that's the dilemma in in capitalism you could provide great good to the public free of charge and die a pauper or you can completely screw the taxpayer by getting massive grants that should have been the money that you would normally build up over time in an enterprise. <laughs> um, anyway, my point is I have a solution for this. Um, and now I'm going to go and do the due diligence and we'll see, we'll see if something comes of it. Maybe I'll have an announcement in short order. I'll have to do like patent research and stuff like that to see, um, if it can be patented. Anyway, this is an amazing picture showing the pillar cracked at its top. So you, you can tell that the stress from this ride is pushing on that edge right there. And it's going to fling that side off. The only saving grace is probably that the other pillar is uh, uh, strong enough beyond its uh, built tolerance, right? Because this right here is breaking right at what would be a shear point where they welded this onto this piece. Um, and this thing is whipping around. So it was going to just shoot that thing off, right? Because the train is coming toward, or the, the track is either coming towards us or away. It looks like if it might I be remember, going away. I think it's going away. Yes. Yeah. Like it comes from the bottom of the photo to start, I think. Um, uh, no, it must come from the top because yeah, it's the, going down the, way the track's like, looping. Like but yes. Yeah. Um, so all that pressure is going right here. And there's another pillar. So this is one contiguous track. And because that one contiguous track is throwing pressure down another uh, reinforcement strut, um, that right there is sticking it all together i'd say a few more rides and that thing would have snapped off because you can see that that has to be like four inches of gap that thing is just hanging loose yeah it doesn't even look like it's attached it may be but no. not by much <laughs> yeah there's no way that's attached so um according to news reports corowind shut down fury 325 the park's website advertises the ride as the fastest or the tallest, fastest, longest giga coaster in North America that crosses into North, uh, both North Carolina and South 
South Carolina. Really? Okay, that's interesting. It must be right on the border, but I don't wow. think I've ever heard of a roller coaster crossing state lines. <laughs> what a what a claim to fame. Safety is our top priority, and we appreciate the patience and understanding of our valued guests during this process. So, yeah. <clears throat> Fury 325 first opened to the public in 2015. Wow. Eight years later one beam is already separating wouldn't you love to see video of the ride from say i don't know a year ago um you said you clicked through to see a video of it It, it, this isn't a video though no there was another i think there was another article that i saw um okay sorry i don't know if it was actually in um hometown it's okay no no it's fine um, so there's the article. Let's keep on going through the news. We'll come back and, and we'll talk about this because this is actually something that has. I I was going to say wheels, but <clears throat> maybe we'll maybe I'll be able to digest this and, and uh, come back with my proposed solution really depends um, because I think what I'm talking about already has a patent for its creation, but it's now public. But anyway, let's let's keep on hustling through the news. You'll you'll dig this. If my research shows that there isn't anything viable here, um, then I'll talk about it uh, publicly. Uh, because what I've done over the years prior to me being what I am now and streaming is I would develop intellectual property for people and help their businesses pivot when they're failing. And so I this is this is in my wheelhouse, both professionally, uh, academically, um, <laughs> spiritually, this is like in my blood to solve problems. So, um, let's keep on hustling through this. The, uh, the next article is over in, uh, Warcrafters. We had talked about this prior, um, in previous weeks about magic, the gathering and Lord of the Rings crossover set. Prepare to bow to Sauron. The One Ring has been found as a as a unique magic card worth a million bucks. So Magic the Gathering and Lord of the Rings crossover set, Tales of uh, Middle-earth, contains a single copy of the One Ring card that was hidden somewhere in a collector booster pack released in um, English language in an English language country, which seems kind of rough if you're selling it everywhere um anyway the anticipation for this golden ticket of a card resulted in one shop offering a million dollars for it before the set was even released the card has now been found and card grading service professional sports authenticator issued a certificate for it as well as the grading of mint nine i don't know if that's the highest or if 10 actually is the highest but i I'd be surprised that a brand new card straight out of a pack would come anything less than a 10 unless there is a mining an actual mint problem but anyway oh so um, this is interesting so 10 is gem mint right 9.5 is near gem mint sorry it's hard to say it and then nine is mint so this is pretty uh pretty wild I, i guess that you can have something that's superior to mint i didn't know that never heard of before yeah i mean i've got a a few hundred magic the gathering cards sitting in a closet um probably equal so 
Pokemon cards. I can't imagine going and getting them um, assessed, you know. But if one of them is if out there, that's Charizard a Charizard or something, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Well, I doubt that's going to happen. Anyway, um, so PC Gamer is the source of this, and Jody McGregor is the author of the article. And the first thing that came to mind, I'm like I've said in the past, you know, I'm pretty pragmatic about things. And the first thing that I thought of, maybe a little cynical, a little, yeah, I, I'd say I'm a little <laughs> jaded about things. I'm very realistic and, and pragmatic about things. The first thing I thought of was somebody bought a metric ton of these cards trying to get this because they have the means to, and it was akin to that last discussion that we had where the cards were priced so high that normal people, everyday Joes just couldn't order these for their kids because the cards were just so damn expensive. Um, and I'm starting to think that that was this, these cards, these booster packs were wildly expensive on their uh, retail value. Um, <clears throat> so the card has now been found. The card grading service PSA issued a certificate for it, giving it a mint nine, Given that the whole point of grading cards is comparing them to other cards, the idea of grading a unique card is pretty pointless. I can only assume that they gave it a 9 out of 10 to leave room for possible improvement in the sequel. But then it wouldn't be the, that card. A sequel card would not be the one ring. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um... According to the Wall Street Journal, the owner of the card wishes to remain anonymous, which you would really probably agree with given how uh or given that even now the eye of sauron casts its malevolent glare over the land in which uh, in search of the ring bearer so apparently there might be some other cards rumor has it uh, the card is in the possession of one of the shire folk last seen traveling across new zealand in search of an active volcano and anyone with information is urged to report their uh, report to their nearest black rider if you know if all of that is gibberish um you're basically going to have to either read the lord of the rings or um watch the movies Ta-da! so they don't say who it was that found it they don't say anything more about it just that that card was found and they somewhat agree with what i just said which was how can this thing be graded anything less than perfect? Maybe they nicked a corner or something like that when they were taking it out of the foil pack, which happens because they're they're the way that they pack them. You have to be a forensic. Right, you almost expert. have to bend them. <laughs> um, you have to just be perfect and dainty with it. Anyway, um, if you're into Magic: The Gathering cards, then. Uh, you uh, probably are interested in this article. So there you go. Follow that in the show notes and uh, go and check it out. In the meantime, we're going to move on to something that is probably going to drive somebody a little uh, upset here. It's going to trigger some people. So, and I'm actually one of those people because there's a lot of bad rap for Nestle. Nestle steps up reforestation project in Ivory Coast. This is over on the Mobile Channel. Nestle is stepping up its project to combat uh, deforestation in Ivory Coast caused by the growth of cocoa farming. 
bringing cocoa trading companies directly on board. Um, so either in an attempt to buy back its soul or to save its industry, it's trying to reforest um, the deforestation caused by cocoa farming. And uh, the article's by Natalie, um, but it says O-L-O-F-O-R-S. I don't know what that is. But the um, website is fizz.org, and I'm not sure why it had that flag on there, but anyway. Um, Ivory Coast is, wor- is the world's largest cocoa producer at 40% of the global market. The West African country had 16 million hectares of forest in the 1960s, a figure which is down to less than 3 million, mainly due to cocoa plantations. Nestle, the Swiss food giant behind chocolate brands like Kit Kat and Smarties. Smarties is not a chocolate brand, but okay. Let me throw this into chat before I get too far into this. That way you can follow it to you. Um, and if you're new here, uh, let me know. And um, let me know if you type anything. I'll, I'll ask you if you type anything into chat. Let me know that it's okay for me to repeat whatever it is you're asking. Once I know, I will. I will um, remember that. Okay. So, um, launched a project in 2020 aimed at restoring and protecting the Cavalli, I believe it's pronounced Cavalli forest in uh, Southwest Ivory Coast, one of the last remaining dense forests in the country. Cavalli is a biodiversity reserve covering more than 67,000 hectares, but is threatened by deforestation linked to the cocoa industry and illegal gold panning. That's kind of amazing. Uh, the Nestle project was a partnership with the Ivorian. Ivorian? Ivorian sounds very Dungeons and Dragons. Um, government and the Earthworm Foundation, an NGO that led the project's implementation. I love that name. <clears throat> I mean, if you're going to have a foundation, it should definitely be called that. Yeah, really. Uh, It says here, plenty at stake. For its second three-year phase, the Swiss trading company CocoSource and the French firm Tauten, um, which worked directly with cocoa and rubber cooperatives in the area affected, have uh, been brought on board. The project has a budget of 4 million Swiss francs or 4.45 million US dollars. I suppose... Um, but it's going to take an extremely long time for the forest to return. And if growth is the demand word here within the business enterprise, they're going to keep on doing what they do, which is deforestation in an effort to get more cocoa growing. So imported deforestation, right? A global conservation group, WWF. Not the World Wrestling Federation. Um, is a sharp critic of what it calls imported deforestation. It says Swiss cons- consumption of eight major raw materials, including cocoa, coconuts, coffee, and palm oil, occupies more than twice the area of Switzerland's own forests. The NGO says 54% of Switzerland's cocoa imports come from countries where the risk of deforestation is either high or very high. Here's a cocoa farmer that's drying their beans in 
Satacran in Eastern Ivory Coast. Um, and I've actually, I've seen people doing this process. Pardon me. One of these days I'll get through an episode without coughing. The objective is to curb uh, deforestation outside the European Union with the EU, according to the WWF, the second highest destroyer of tropical forests after China. Uh, China has a huge amount of forest that it can probably grind through pretty and be immune to it. Um, the rest of the world, not, but it, yeah. Um, I've seen this process of uh, drying cocoa beans and, and um, recovering them, going in and getting the harvesting cocoa beans. It's quite intriguing that they go from a white goopy whatever to this. And then into chocolate and, and uh, things like chocolate liquor. It's quite fascinating. Amazing process. As somebody woke up one day and said, hey, look what happens when you burn a bunch of chocolate uh, cocoa beans, I should say. Nestle achieved a turnover of 8.1 billion f Swiss francs in confectionery alone in 2022. <clears throat> Way too much money. And I had to look it up, but a fr franc is roughly equal to a U.S. dollar. Yeah, that it's seems a little to be... less than a U.S. dollar. Er, sorry, I guess it's more. It's equal to one point twelve U.S. dollars. Yeah, it's everybody's pretty much in the same ten percent range nowadays. It seems, although there are some countries that are anomalous and money flows in but doesn't come out. That kind of thing. That's why their money is worth so much. Anyway, well, and also um, countries with all the zeros on the currency yeah. in the other direction. In the other direction, yeah. Um, so, uh, as usual, we'll keep on watching these articles and, and uh, letting you all know about them. So, let's keep on going. This next article is over in Omtown Daily. Uh, some U.S. cities are allowing corporations to vote in local elections in hopes of stimulating the economy. Um, I am not a proponent of this. Uh, I'm, I'll be upfront and honest with everybody. The reason why I wanted to talk about it is mainly because of my bias and I make it abundantly clear. I don't think that corporations should be representing anybody. Um, corporations represent financial interests and that alone has almost zero. If you listen to certain business leaders, there is no social cause for a business other than to generate profit for its stockholders caring not for stakeholders as long as they spend money um it's all about the profits and, and generating revenue which isn't going to save the planet folks <clears throat> um if there is no social good then all you're doing is generating money and then individuals are doing whatever they want with that money and there may be social good in there but when a business is speaking for oh i don't know let's say uh saic um a, a, a massive company with hundreds of thousands of employees uh, all over the world nowadays um suddenly gets the ability to vote in local elections then the 
corporation has a massive amount of wealth with the capability to pull the strings of political leadership. It's called regulatory capture. And it starts with individuals and ends up with controlling an election because things like Citizens United allows a company to speak with dollars, not with a true human voice. We seem to be more inclined to limit artificial intelligence getting a copyright than to keeping the voice of the people, the individual people. So we're moving it to allowing dollars to speak as votes for corporations. And now some cities are allowing corporations to vote in local elections in hopes of stimulating the economy. I don't want my local corporate leadership speaking for the 10, 100, 5,000, however many people that are in the business. And then those people that have a differing or a divergent view of the company saying, I'd rather go in the opposite direction. And they try to cancel out the millions of dollars and political might that the one company has. That's what a union is all about, right? When you have a plurality of people speaking in units and it is called a union. <laughs> well, a corporation doesn't need a union now to speak on behalf of its constituent parts, which are the people. And so you end up basically at a wash. Well, and a union, of course, is typically on the other side of the company. Wait, say that again. The union is typically on the other side of the company. Yeah, yeah typically. For example, the yeah. managers, etc., of the company. Yeah, but the union so here, doesn't... The union can only say to its constituent parts, hey, you should vote for this person. And even that might actually be verboten depending on the, the state. Um, Crazy Cat Lady says, anyway, the Democratic Party... Uh, can get votes. <clears throat> uh, you mean in terms of allowing corporations to get uh, to be involved in local elections or the counterpart, the individuals um, should be the ones that are getting the vote? Um, the article here is uh, over in Business Insider. Katie Hawkinson is the author. And it says it's not the first town in Delaware an already business-friendly state to enact this policy. Delaware actually has a very robust uh, corporate processing system in place. Um, very forward-looking, very progressive. Um, even its taxing is um, progressive. So um, they've embraced corporations to a great degree. Uh, many corporations go through Delaware. You become a Delaware corporation. I mean, it's known as basically a corporate capital, capital of the country. Um, some activists oppose the law saying it puts the idea of corporations or people on steroids, which is what Citizens United did already. Um, a new bill now being considered in the small town, however, could help increase those numbers. It says just 340 people voted for C4 Delaware's latest election, according to CBS, for a small town of 8,500 people. That's a voter turnout of only 4%. <clears throat> yeah, in uh, so uh, Crazy Cat Lady says in their hometown of about 1,900 or 19,000 people, uh, we are lucky to get 800 votes in a local election. Yeah. 
that right there but that is the problem really it it's because it's there's a high friction point not necessarily that people don't care but the friction point is so high that people won't go through the trouble of voting because there is too much either physical burden psychological burden emotional burden or they just don't want to be involved in politics because it's become vitriolic and doesn't they perceive it as not benefiting them if everybody said if everybody knew that their voice counted which it really does um there is no manipulation other than the marketing um everybody that is a voting age should be voting um but i understand why people don't want to and it's largely because they think that well corporations and now we're reinforcing it corporations are the ones uh, regulatory capture um, lobbying etc big money it's always that it's all the stuff that people see and know it's happening but the very legislators that are supposed to be putting the kibosh on this are actually wrapping their arms around this kind of stuff uh, crazy cat lady says i also think uh, some of the problem is the polling places one of them held in such an old building that's hard to get in and out of it's so dark that you can't see good to vote yep uh, again that speaks to the friction when when there when it isn't easy to vote then people become lazy <laughs> um and they're not going to they make just that effort. can't get there you know if somebody's yeah. elderly or disabled they may not be able to make it yep. to one of the places yep and or doesn't have transportation and, and i guess lazy would be the wrong term the term is something more akin to we will find the shortest path to whatever is our it's like the risk and reward right i mean there's too much effort to be expended for what they think is going to materialize right it's really about opportunity cost yeah if they can go somewhere else and and feel like they have done the same amount of benefit then they don't take part in it um and i've seen that you know i, I uh, in every election i've seen people that say well you know i i sent in my absentee ballot or something like that you know or i voted by mail um and that's because there's zero friction there that's in the comfort of their own house and they mail it in now, others said well i don't like any of the candidates because they all suck and they don't want to choose the lesser of the evils because they're still part and parcel to choosing somebody that they don't like and we don't have ranked choice so essentially we have to pick a side between two gangland combatants and and uh, you know either in front of the camera or behind the camera they're vitriolic beyond belief you know never never in my life would i have ever thought i'd hear people shouting in congress um like things like calling somebody a liar i mean it's just absurd um so i think you should have named the segment uh gangland combatants <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still can for the uh, <laughs> I still can for the uh, show notes but it says here under the 14th amendment corporations are considered people and throughout U.S. history courts have continued to grant them constitutional protections in the 2010 Citizens United case the Supreme Court ruled that corporations can spend unlimited funds on campaigns as long as they're not formally coordinating with the campaign itself 
which doesn't mean much because they don't need to. If they want somebody that they believe they have uh, groomed into bettering the position of that corporation, they can throw $12 million in their corner and suddenly they're the incumbent for life. This is what I don't like about Citizens United. This is what I don't like about corporations speaking on behalf of people. And I think that politics, I know that the AI is going to giggle at me for this. And I can see already the data flowing. Politicians should be treated like NASCAR vehicles and plaques placed all over them to the size of the donation so that we know exactly who's buying the politician. Corporations should not be involved in the electoral process. One iota. Individuals vote. Individuals donate. No corporation should have a say in our laws, in our policies, in our procedures, other than to provide advice to those who create this stuff. That's the legislative body. We're not supposed to be sitting there catering to businesses. They're supposed to be our I want to say something, but it's, it's, it's just too, maybe it's broaching being a little virulent. Corporations should be afraid of us, not us afraid of corporations swaying a vote, but uh, you should read the, the, a book called, um, uh, the, uh, political hitman. Um, the, it's a, a book about a person that basically can sway an election and eliminate the competition. And sometimes literally, um, it's quite a fascinating, uh, read. It's been a long time since I remembered it. So I might be munging a lot of it. Um, but, um, it's a very interesting read. Um, let me see if I can actually pull it up. Well, I won't right now. We're doing stuff live way too much. Um, anyway, the, um, let, let's just move on from this because, uh, I don't want to, um, soapbox too much, but I think it's interesting. It says in Newark, Delaware, one property manager in charge of several LLCs voted 31 times in a single election, according to CBS, forcing the town to revise the law. This is what happens when you have the ultra wealthy controlling pretty much everything you're going to end up with billionaires controlling everything and it shouldn't be that way they should have one vote just like everybody else but when a corporation is the voice of another vote this is what you end up with why can i be thrown in jail for voting in two different places but a corporation that's controlled by one person has 31 votes because he's actually in control of 31 corporations and then his own vote. Yeah. Crazy cat lady says, thinking about it though, we also have a lot of people who are not eligible to vote. They are not residents or are illegal. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're not allowed to vote, then nobody, they shouldn't be voting. I mean, that's just a, that makes logical sense to me. If, Illegal voting it has been found, which it hasn't been found to any great degree. Um, where there has been, it's usually because somebody said that they can vote and then the due diligence is done afterward and changes are made. 
Um, but I but, suspect the point being is that if you have a large percentage of your population in the locality that can't vote for whatever reason, like that's further impacting, of course, turnout, etc. Sure. Um, but then all it takes is one company that has a lot of voting power to vote and it can sway an election completely the other way. So I don't like it. And I will always be, I guess, loud and proud to disable corporations. And again, I am a capitalist. I believe in the corporate enterprise. I believe in the ability for a corporation to set prices and to offer up its goods and services to the public. Um, but I don't think that it is a sentient entity. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't, it can't be put in jail. Even its constituent parts can sit there and point fingers at each other and say, it wasn't me. So I just think that it's, it needs to be curtailed. Anyway, let's move on. The next article is in hometown daily, a $300,000 electric flying car, just one approval for test flights, which man, I hope that thing doesn't anyway, a SpaceX backed startups, electric flying, uh, what a SpaceX backed a startups, electric flying. What <laughs> doesn't it need something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a vehicle, I'm assuming it's a flying car, uh, became the first to get approval for test flights. Uh, Aleph uh, Aeronautics is already taking pre-orders for the car that will start at $300,000. Aleph CEO Jim Duchovny um, previously told CNBC he expected the car to be available in 2025. So it's a fully electric flying car that'll cost $300,000. And it can start testing on the road and apparently in the air. All right. Is that what it's going to look like? Ryan Hogg over at businessinsider.com put the article together. There's a graphic here from Alef Aeronautics. And if this looks like the car, it looks like a little roadster kind of a thing. Not what I would expect for a flying car. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what I would expect for a flying car, but it's not this. <laughs> Although it does look aerodynamic in terms of it's very rounded. Yeah, so it should do well on a road, not in the air. Okay, so Aleph Aeronautics, a California automaker, said in a press release it had received a special airworthiness certification from the Federal Aviation Administration for the Model A. So it's following in the SpaceX, Tesla, blah, blah, blah. Ford? Um, huh? Ford? Well... Yeah, well, it's aligned with SpaceX, so I, I can imagine. Anyway, ALF CEO Jim Duchovny said it allows us to move closer to bringing people an environmentally friendly and faster commute, saving individuals and companies uh, hours each week. <laughs> hours each week. Uh, this is one small step for planes, one giant step for cars. All right, buddy. He's trying to align himself with... Uh, landing on the moon mm -hmm. um, due to evolving i'm really curious how this thing works because uh, i haven't seen it yet other than the pictures what <laughs> what is happening i don't know and why is it 
I don't call it vertical. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's supposed to be in that direction, but I guess it is. <laughs> uh, the company aimed its uh, aimed to produce the first flying car with both street driving and vertical takeoff capabilities. It's designed to fit within existing urban infrastructure for driving and parking. This thing is supposed to have vertical takeoff and landing capabilities. It's supposed to be able to fly and take off from somewhere. Like, is it going to be kind of like a helicopter going up? Well, essentially, yeah. Except that or the rotor maybe blades... maybe more like a, a jet or something? Yeah, it's it's like a, a, a Harrier. It just lifts straight up. That's, I couldn't think of the name of it, but yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing, um, if that's actually what's going on here. Let me throw this into chat so that y'all can take a look at it. Um, Am I the only one? Why? Other than maybe just, okay, it's cool, but why do we need a flying car? Like, what does it solve that we don't have cars and planes for? <laughs> you don't have to get in a plane with 200 other people. Wow, that is a Or sit aware. in line or pay that rate. Um, although you have to pay $300,000 to get the car, buyers can pay $150 uh, to deposit into a general queue or $1,500 to get priority access when deliveries start. And so you got to have your $300,000 ready. About 440 people paid deposits in the <coughs> pardon me, final three months of 2022. This is allergies, folks. I wish uh, I, I could stop myself from having these allergies, but on Wednesday, shares in Flying Taxi Company, they spelled company wrong, Joby Aviation soared 44% after it also received a special airworthiness certificate from the FAA. So I guess it's not that special. <laughs> Two people got it on Friday. Um, anyway, the uh, this will be... Uh, interesting to see because this has been something that people have been trying to achieve um, for decades now. Um, there have been other companies that have tried to create uh, VTOL uh, cars and it just doesn't uh, manifest. You can build one, you can build two, but scaling is damn near impossible. But at $300,000 for one electric flying vehicle, maybe it'll work. I'll have to see it in action. And you just know that one numb nuts is going to ruin it for everybody else. The way that this appears is that this is nothing more than a cockpit. You climb into it and then you have the ability to drive and, or this right here there, this right here is a capsule that is tied to a frame and is completely open right there. And it's going to pull air through and then down through ducts so that you have vertical takeoff. Um, I'm That's how I'm imagining it, but I don't know how it actually works yet. So I'm going to have to do, I got more homework than uh, I ever had in college. I'm going to be noodling around with two articles now. Okay, well, let's I sent keep you the link in a message, but I don't know if you can access it. Yeah, it's okay. I'll catch up. Um, okay, so let's keep on hustling through um, the articles. Oh, missed it. 
Uh, grave robbers responsible for $62,000 in thefts busted by AirTag. When will people learn? You just can't steal bodies anymore, folks. Man, I can't do that anymore. Uh, tired of their uncle's gravesite being robbed, a Texas family used a stealthily hidden AirTag to catch the thieves in the act. Uh, Amber Neely is the author of this. Where was that tag? Um, anyway, it's over at appleinsider.com. People are dying to get air tags, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tony Velasquez told Click to Houston that his uncle's gravesite at the Restwood Memorial Park in Clute, Texas, had been repeatedly robbed. Why? Each time, the thieves had uh, absconded with a bronze memorial vase, which retails for $600, that had adorned the grave. All right. You know, I... It's why we can't have nice things and we shouldn't change just because thieves can't keep their damn greedy hands off of the deceased's property. But at some point I would probably not do that anymore. Um, and maybe the institution should put up a camera. Maybe, maybe they did. I don't know. Um, but sticking an air tag into the vase actually stopped the thieves. Um, as a precautionary measure, Velasquez dropped an air tag into the vase in the event that thieves struck again. Velasquez gave the air tag information to authorities who used it to track the vase and dozens more to a residence 45 minutes away. Local authorities arrested the suspects accused of stealing 102 vases over the past two months. They're driving 45 minutes away to go steal vases from a cemetery. Yeah, you don't steal locally. Come on. You know? What's the adage? You don't pee where you eat? Is that oversharing? Apple's AirTag has been cre <clears throat> credited for foiling many would-be thieves. Recently, a Texas restaurant received or recovered its beloved six-foot-tall, 150-pound fiberglass bowl statue thanks to a well-placed AirTag. <laughs> Where do they put that tag? In May, a hidden air tag thwarted a $1.1 million armored truck robbery. <clears throat> There's another link for y'all. Yeah, and that in March, sounds interesting. In March, um, a search warrant revealed how the Drug Enforcement Agency used an air tag in an investigation. The first federal agency known to do so. <laughs> You'd think that they'd have a little bit more proprietary equipment. But hey, I, but I guess if the commercial companies have figured it out, maybe just use those tools. Yeah, this is the cheaper version of the $5,000 device that's this big and is like magnetically stuck onto a car and probably is, custom made for the agency. And... It, it's still flashing lights and people can feel the heat radiating off of it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> government contracting folks government contract okay let's hustle on to the next article and this one that one was pretty fun though i i like that one <laughs> so um this next article is over in the uh, hometown daily uh channel on hometown.com a tesla owner says he was locked out of his ev after its 12 volt 12 volt battery died amid the texas heat Apparently, Texas is sweltering right now. Um, somebody said something like 107 degrees. 
Um, oh, it's been worse than that. I mean, people have died from the heat. Oh, well, thanks. Um, On Dennis that Hegst- note. Yeah, really. Dennis Hegstead uh, said his Model 3 was stuck in his driveway after its 12-volt battery died. The Tesla owner attributes the issues to the impact of the uh, Texas summer heat on the battery. He had to get his EV towed and uh, called the issue annoying as hell. Yeah. Um, This is one of the issues that I've been talking about with EVs. They are very susceptible to the environment because the battery is just pure physics. If it gets too cold or gets too hot, then the physics change because you can't really shield it entirely. You can to some degree. I get it some degree. Never mind. Hot, cold degrees. Anyway, Grace K over at businessinsider.com put the article together. <clears throat> this would drive me nuts. Ah, oh, see, I did it again. Doggone it. I need to stop. Anyway, um, I don't like the idea of driving from someplace hot where my battery is under stress to someplace freezing cold in the same day if I go up a mountain. <clears throat> it's bad enough that it gets drained in the heat. It get It's bad enough that it gets drained in the cold. And then going up a hill or having any weight, then it just gets... It, man, it's just sucker punched based on the environment. Or even having rain can impact it. Yep. Um, so very frustrating. I want an EV. Um, but I'm not... I'm an early adopter for uh, technology um for most things but my goodness this is something that i would only do i would be willing to test this stuff out but only on the days where i know i don't have to be anywhere crazy cat lady says what do you do when you have no way to charge it after a storm of some sort it's one of life's mysteries crazy cat lady it's one of life's mysteries you well and that's the problem like a vehicle should be reliable like you may need it to go somewhere yep yep um it it even says it right here what do you do when it's so hot your tesla won't respond to the mobile app or physical key dennis hegstead uh the founder of a startup wrote founder of a startup and he's locked out of his car because a 12 volt battery died can't open the car or move the car to reach a charging point yeah there you go, crazy cat lady. What you do is you sit on the side of the road and, and uh, wait for, um, what is it, AAA? Yeah, roadside assistance. Yeah, roadside assistance. And hope hope that when you call them, you already paid your bill. Otherwise, you're going to have to become a member really quick, and they're not going to give you any discounts. Not on that day. That sounds hey, very uh, specific. <laughs> I, yeah, but I'm not bitter. In a video that showed him unsuccessfully trying to get into the EV with his Tesla key uh, card, Hexted said it's 2018. Come on, man. It's a 2018. You got to pick up your game, bro. Brand new. If it isn't brand new, when the battery dies, you have to get a new one. That's how it works. It's like Bic lighters. You just throw out the old... Wait, are Bic lighters even around anymore? I have no idea. I'm sure they are. AAA can kiss my butt really crazy cat lady <laughs> after i was stuck at a, a local middle school for five hours waiting for a tow <laughs> that happens whoa <laughs> yeah that would that would get me upset too um but i've had to wait um before god i 
There was that one time Not that, that long. I was, <laughs> well, I was behind. I, I think it was close to an hour that I had to wait and they were going to close the gate and I was like trapped inside the facility. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no. Um, so somebody stuck around. Luckily they came right before they were closing the gate and it was cold out. Well, I'm sorry, crazy cat lady. What you're going to have to do is just set fire to your Tesla. That lithium fire will keep you warm, warm, warm. Um, so in a video, um, it, he also posted a photo from the Tesla app showing that it could not find the vehicle, uh, to unlock it. So yeah, apparently the 12 volt battery died. The $10,000 battery that's strapped to its chassis apparently did not, but he couldn't get to it couldn't charge from it and uh, ultimately couldn't get it to a charging station so he was sol nothing says responsible like your car dying so well, tesla... and if you live somewhere where there's not even a tesla dealership etc i mean not everybody's gonna be able to handle something like this yep even Crazy coming to you i mean obviously you can get to them with the car but true um, so you basically do, well, kind of like what crazy cat lady is suggesting pay for roadside assistance by your insurance. You make that call for a Tesla and the reality of Tesla insurance related costs are going to become very apparent. I, but in all honesty, it's only a 12 volt battery that went bad, right? So fix the problem, but it's not just a 12 volt battery it's the environment that's weighing in on the integrity of the engineering this shouldn't be treated like you know a spacex vehicle where you have to do all kinds of million dollar engineering solutions a, a hybrid vehicle probably would not have fallen susceptible to this or there's something systemically wrong with Tesla's in a very hot environment, which I'm more apt to suggest. Yeah, that's going to be the problem. Crazy Cat Lady has an inside uh, solution, though, because Toll works for a wrecking company, so they can just come and get the car. Well, that is handy. <laughs> yeah, that's always good to know. Um. It's like having an attorney in the family, although you never want a family member to represent you or uh, having a mechanic in the family. Although you don't really, depending on who it is, you don't want them working on your car because then they realize just how much of a goober you are to your car. And then they go, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. Yeah. Okay. Just fix the car. Not that that has ever happened to marijuana. We don't need vehicles in hometown. Let's keep going. Uh, the next article is over in the mobile channel. UPS reaches deal that lowers chances of nationwide teamster strike. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, the uh, UPS, uh, the company uh, United Parcel Service or UPS on Saturday reached a tentative deal with the International Brotherhood of Teamsters that would end a dual wage system for delivery drivers in its next contract, the union announced a win for the Teamsters that could lower the chances of a nationwide strike as negotiations continue. So 
they got they they the teamsters moved the flags down the field a bit now if the ups has agreed to that and the next thing that the teamsters says causes the ups to balk in any way shape or form <laughs> strike it is right back on the table um so ups kind of showed their hand um but i suppose it's going to kick the the uh ball of striking down the field a little bit further um i think uh i still think that they're gonna strike for some reason i, I that's just the mojo that i get from this um I think when you had such a high percentage voting for a strike and knowing yeah. some of the conditions that have been reported. Yeah. You're going to have to give quite a bit to. Keep yeah. I was going to say, striking. unless there's lots of really great concessions. Yeah. There's going to be a strike. So Jolie Muller over at the Hill put this article together um, during a hard fought day at the bargaining table. The Teamsters reached a tentative agreement with UPS on three major economic issues. Oh, so. Uh, th that little snippet didn't really hint at there were greater right. concessions. So um, the union announced in a Twitter thread, tearing down the 22.4 uh, two tier wage system, uh, establishing Martin Luther King day as a full holiday for the first time and ending forced overtime on driver's days off. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I thought I mean, a day off was supposed to be, you know, a day off. A day off. And if you force me into overtime, that had better be like quadruple or or how high could we make it? You better give me 10 times the pay. Give me yeah, hazard that's pay. That's like indentured servitude. Yeah. Other duties as assigned. Um, kiss my shiny metal ass. So the Teamsters last week held off plans to strike uh, to head back to the negotiating table after UPS offered a counterproposal to the union's request with regard to compensation and benefits before the current contract expires on July 31st. So like the other striking bodies up and down uh, from North America, um, you might as well keep watching towards the end of every single month because this is not the end of the news about striking. So let's keep on hustling through the news. And PSA, if you absolutely need something in your household, you might want to think about getting it sooner rather than later, just yeah. in case. Just in case. Uh, the next article is in the Hometown Daily uh, channel over on hometown.com. Thousands of hotel workers in Southern California are on strike. So California is kind of taking a striking. Um, they're getting struck right in the never mind. Um, so thousands of hotel workers in Southern California walked off the job Sunday, demanding higher pay and better benefits and what the union is calling the largest strike in its history. Now, do you think this is, um, uh, whatever, uh, initiated because of all the other strikes going on? I mean, this is a different industry, but. Um, I think that people are really tired of the haves getting more and the have nots are struggling to put food on the table. Um, so, I mean, again, it's anecdotal and it's not, it doesn't impact everybody the same way and every industry the same way, but you go out to even fast food nowadays and, uh, you know, 
two meals are now 25 bucks. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous what's going on. But I was warned back in late 2018, I think it was, that the era of cheap food is over. Done. Gone. And I've tried to find that source again. Poof. Gone. I cannot locate this person. Um, I tried to find articles about it because it wasn't just said to me specifically, but it seemed to be an off the cuff uh, statement made in other in another article. I can't find the article. I can't find the person. I can't find the context of it. But I know that it was around the time of when chickens were being called and the costs going through the roof. Um, and it was just this haphazard statement just kind of drunk like somebody you could be walking through a crowd in new york and somebody whispers in your ear you know the era of cheap food is over and you're like looking around what 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 gone so maybe a search engine has picked it up in the meantime but i've known for quite a while now that food was going to get more and more expensive then the pandemic hit and I'm like, what the hell did that person know? Obviously, I'm really into conspiracy theories. I, I, I dig the whole idea of them until they become conspiracy fact. Um, I'm always, you know, a little leery of random claims, but the costs for stuff have gone through the roof and it's the producer price index it's the producers of the goods that are raising the price at the core bottom basement level and then everybody else starts squeezing and squeezing uh, for juice and there's a lot of money in the system so there's a lot of money for the ultra rich because they're the haves and they give you a job and you should be happy that they give you a job thank you so much well when people feel that they're abused they do one of two things they either unionize and strike or they lash out solo and you don't want people lashing out solo you want them coping those coping skills kicking in and they join a union so that they can fight back in unison regardless if it's others that are influencing this i think that unions are a good thing when it's systemic and people are abused because individuals have no bargaining power. Um, then again, there are some fields where the people are so specially attuned for a particular job, their skill set is in demand, regardless of, well, they would never be treated poorly because their skill set is specialized and, and they're very capable of just going, okay, well, you treat me like crap. I'm going to go somewhere else and living within the means that they've discovered and, and had during their tenure in their career has made them financially secure, but trying to work in Southern California and live in Southern California is wildly expensive. Trying to live within your means, means $150,000 a year, or you have 16 people living in a two bedroom apartment. I mean, it's getting to New York style, $4,000 a month for a 400 square foot apartment. Anyway, um, enough soapboxing. Uh, yeah. Crazy cat lady says Connecticut's not much better. Yeah. Um, and they know that there's a lot of money. It's just, 
not everybody has a lot of money. So you go on strike and you demand that they lower their mar their profit margins and give some of that profit back to the people that make it possible for them to demand such high prices. So cooks, room attendants, dishwashers, servant, uh, servers, bellmen, um, the front desk agents at hotels were picketing outside major hotels in Los Angeles and Orange County. Um, I bet the, uh, the guests are really put off. <laughs> yeah, really. They just walk out front to the curb and go, hey, can I get some towels? I, uh, um, so in addition, the union wants to create a hospitality workforce housing fund to help workers deal with the soaring costs of living in greater Los Angeles. Many employees report commuting hours to work because they can't afford to live near their jobs. That's how it is in San Francisco. Um, and still I hear people, there's a, again, there's a streamer here on Twitch that sits there and says oh, blah 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 it's not that hard living in california i'm a streamer full-time and blah 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 hey buddy not only are you uh male white and uh, apparently connected in some way because you talk a big game um yet it doesn't seem like you've done much but here you are poo-pooing other people's existence as being like they were saying that adults can't be bullied. And I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? You, do you, you don't live in reality. You, you have your own special space, um, where you seem to be immune to it, but adults definitely can be bullied. Um, and it's not just, uh, bullying takes a pretty broad gamut, right? There's a pretty broad spectrum of bullying. And one of them is institutional where you can't get a raise. You can't move up. You can't do anything. You're told that you have to work extra hours, even though you're on your day off, etc. I mean, it's basically economic bullying because you can't sit there and say no, unless you're willing to walk. And if you're willing to walk, then you don't really need that job because you got something else on the side. Um, yeah. Crazy cat lady says bullying has more than one definition. Yeah, not not apparently to the to the streamer that I'm talking about. I won't throw them under a bus, but um, I actually watch them because um, I'm interested in what people talk about uh, in politics. So, um, so it says our members were devastated first by the pandemic and now by the greed of their bosses. Union co-president Kurt Peterson said in a statement, "The industry got bailouts while we got cuts." Yep. Um, time and time again, and, and then people, eh, I won't get into this, but anyway, contracts expired midnight on Friday at more than 60 hotels, including properties owned by major chains, such as Marriott and Hilton. The strike affects about half of the 32,000 uh, hospitality workers. The union represents across Southern California and Arizona. Only half. I'm curious. Um, yeah, maybe either they're not unionized or maybe there's another union. Yeah, maybe they're not part of the union. Yeah, well, that'll change. Uh, <laughs> talks with other hotels were at a stalemate. The coalition of more than 40 hotels involved in talks uh, accused union leaders of canceling a scheduled bargaining session and refusing to come to the table. The hotels have offered a wage increase of 250 per hour in the first 12 months and 625 
over four years increase of 625 over four years um i don't know i think a wage increase should match with the increase in the the operational costs so if you have massive in increases in profits then i think that some of those profits need to go to the employees they're the freaking region reason why you have those massive profits because your your enterprise would just be a stagnating mess if not for those people so respect them for what they're doing for your business and don't treat them as if all they do is clean a room or i don't know take care of your customers they are your first defense against complaints and if they have to choose between going the extra mile and outright quiet quitting <coughs> maybe more than 250 an hour will do that because you don't have loyalty to them because you'll fire them in a heartbeat if your profit to loss ratio is out of alignment and investors say, well, you don't have a 10 year runway, so you're going to have to fire 500 people. So Hilton, you know, will fire 500 people because the board says you don't have a long enough runway. There's zero loyalty to customer or to uh, employee and employer in today's age. Everything seems to be gig economy um, where each person in the United States, this is speaking of the in the United States, it's an at will country. If I want to work, I work. If I don't want to work, I can go somewhere else. An employer can fire me without cause. The only time they can't is if I'm in some a protected class and they know it and they act on that protected class status. So that's why people unionize when it's systemic abuse. But I've been harping about this union and and striking and all of that for quite a bit this episode. So let's keep on hustling through this news. Um, this next article is over in Prime Glass, which is uh, a, a channel that's dedicated to photography. Um, and uh, this is pretty amazing. So. Uh, Sony 400 millimeter lens saves a sports photographer from a 104 mile per hour foul ball. Um, and I, when I first saw this, I was like, that's a very expensive lens protector. Um, but it was actually protecting his face. So eh, pay the price. Uh, Jim Russell wasn't expecting to have his $12,000 Sony 400 millimeter lens. Uh, it's a G master. Um, so these are very fast, um, very high quality glass uh, lenses that are just, it's amazing. Um, smashed when he headed in to photograph an MLB game on June 24th, 2023. So there is a story here. It's over at fstoppers.com. Reza uh, Malayeri is the author of this. And um, it's a... Uh, a 104 mile, mile per hour foul ball fired at his face. <laughs> I mean, that is just brutal. Uh, things took an, an, an interesting turn uh, during the first inning. First inning, too. Ow, he's out of $12,000 lens before he even got any pictures. Maybe of the ball smashing through it. Um, anyway, between uh, Miami Marlins and Pittsburgh Pirates on July... Uh, sorry, Saturday, June 24th. Um, 
Wow. Yeah, 400 millimeter, 2.8, got taken out by a line drive, glass everywhere. Fortunately, I'm okay. Found out later the line drive that hit my lens had an exit velocity of 104 miles per hour. That sucks. So the community rallied together and generously raised a total of $7,363, but that's not where the story ends. As word began to circulate about what happened to Jim, the team at Sony Pro Support got wind of the situation and stepped in to match the outpouring. So in an act of kindness, they sent uh, Jim a, a replacement 400 millimeter. Oh no, it's a loan. Agreed to completely repair his lens for the amount that was raised on the GoFundMe and even extended Jim's Pro Support membership for an additional year. Wow. That's weird though. Why not just give him a replacement lens and then Right. I mean, for such a large company and a low price compared to what the company has a budget of. And so much goodwill. You know, you don't have to do that for everybody, but wow. I if I was Sony, I would have just said, "Okay. Let's do some tremendous good here." Um Hopefully Jim Rassall is a is a really great guy and uh you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't find out later that he's a complete tool and <laughs> should be paying extra. <laughs> no, I, I'm just I'm just kidding. So needless to say, Jim was overwhelmed by the outpouring of support and generosity from Sony and the community and shared. I want to sincerely thank each and every person who donated to help me get my lens fixed. Sony is going ahead with the repairs for the amount in the GoFundMe fundraiser. So that's awesome. I love stories like that. Um. I'm more happy that he didn't take a 104 mile per hour header. Yeah, I'm thinking he wouldn't have been here uh, if that happened. Uh, I was at a baseball game once where somebody hit a foul ball and it was a line freaking drive. You could hear it hit this person in the chest and they stumbled uh, down to the ground and EMTs and everybody showed up and the person turned out to be okay but they could not stop this guy. He smashed that ball so hard that if it would have been uh, a home run hit, it would still be in orbit. I mean, <laughs> he, he crushed this ball. I'd never heard anything like that. Um, and I was at ground level. So I, that thing went screaming by. Um, Crazy cat lady says there was a Yukon pitcher who uh, took a, come back at 109 oh to the hip oh man oh wow i've seen some of those where they go where for whatever reason the pitcher just seems to have this sense that there's going to be a ball coming right at him and there was a dude that did this kind of matrix bend where it just zipped right past his face otherwise he'd probably be in orbit well i hope that pitcher made it to the major leagues because that's at college level yeah so I hope he turned out okay. A oh, big guy, over six feet, 250 pounds, hit the ground hard. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, I never, like, I he's a junior in college this year, so he's still going. Um, well, I hope he's absolutely okay and and 100 percent um, in short order. The um, the something that I never realized as a kid, right? I never really went up to baseball players. You know, I never got a chance to meet. Uh, either minor league or major league baseball players. 
Um, and the ones in high school and college didn't seem that, you know, overwhelming to me, like big. But that was when I was a kid. Something is going on, man. I don't know what milk they're drinking or or what proteins they're eating. But when I, as an adult, the first time I actually shook hands with a major league baseball player, it was, and I'm not a tiny person, but I'm also not huge. But it was looking, I was looking up like I had met a giant. Like Andre the Giant uh, went to shake my hand, right? The same thing happened with a, a, a Navy SEAL sniper, met a Navy SEAL sniper. And their hand was like massive. And I'm like, are you human for crying out loud? It's just like a completely different species of human. Like just, it's amazing. Um and so they bust their hump and, and when they hit a ball, 104 miles an hour, you better take it seriously. <laughs> so your son is part of UConn uh, baseball team. Yeah. You'll have to tell us about team impact. I'm not sure what that is. I'll have to look into it. Um, while you do that, let's go on to the last article for the night. Um, this one is pretty cool because uh, I've always been into this kind of a game. Uh, this is in the Warcrafters channel. Build and defend a cool castle block by block in the Cataclysmo demo. Uh, an upcoming base building RTS from the developer of Moonlighter and the Mage Seeker has a demo on Steam showing off the versatility of its building system and how potentially exciting an RTS it's shaping up to be. I agree. This actually comes dangerously close to a project that I had started many, many years ago, but the tech kind of like the thing that I pitched for EA was not available uh, back when I was doing this kind of work. Um, Jonathan Bolding over at PC Gamer put this article together. It says horrors emerge from the mist and you must end them. Um, my project is a little bit different, but still centers around building a castle. Um, and uh, this seems like a really fun game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this video and I'm going to mute it and we'll just talk over it because I do not want to strike. So I don't know if they're going to show any gameplay because we don't watch these games until or these videos or articles until we actually play it. But it's basically a city builder where you put your castle together block by block following the terrain as necessary and then critters come out of the dark and if you it's basically a, a 3d tower defense except that you actually build the tower um, in three dimensions and to your heart's content or budget limitations i'm not sure exactly what all is involved because all it is is a demo right now and I will be playing this tomorrow because I've now got the demo installed. I'm also going to be playing Dave the Diver and um, uh, Diablo. I may actually play uh, Forever Skies because I've solved the problem with um, the, uh, the technology limit that I had in place. I had a, a piece of software that was keeping me from successfully playing certain games at any rate um cataclysmo is over on steam right now as a demo i would suggest going going and getting it put it get it in your uh uh your uh favorites oh wish list sorry that's what it's called um 
in which I have, where am I now? Hmm, let's take a look real quick. Let's do it live. My wish list has 230 items in it. So, um, be sure to follow here on Twitch. <laughs> um, I, I need keys and I'd love to give keys away too. Uh, and that's not going to happen if uh, I, I can't get uh, more people hanging out in chat. <laughs> Tell a friend, please. Um, so Crazy Cat Lady says uh, that their youngest has a bunch of medical issues and Team Impact matches kids with medical issues with college teams to give them something to look forward to, uh, forward to doing to take their mind off of the medical issues. That sounds like a great program. Sounds like a great program. Sounds like an amazing program. Um, and all the best. Yep, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I think it's amazing. Um, so that's it. I'm just going to call it, I guess. I mean, I want to go play this game, but I'm going to wait until tomorrow and, and play it with y'all if you uh, want to show up. Um, I'm going to try again to start at 10 a.m. and um, play the Cataclysmo demo until it stops and then play Dave the Diver. Um, then take a break and um, get lunch and then come back and I will play uh, either uh, Diablo or um, Forever Skies which is the game that I've been wanting to play, but the software was glitchy. At any rate, um, we are done with all 12 of our articles, and um, that brings us back to the very front page of the whole site. And then we mash that welcome sign, just like we always do, and we get a bunch of new news, and we find out what might be happening for tomorrow, kind of as a early warning Arcs remaster has been delayed. Will release with a launch discount. Well, that sucks. Um, I like the idea of Arc. I want Arc Two to be released so that it has higher resolution and a better user interface. Not everybody hates the user interface like I do, but I do. Um, shipping faces showdown over greenhouse gases. That's going to oh, be interesting. Boy. That's another thing. Just tack that on with the rest of the strike stuff, and yeah, it's going to be rough. But it's amazing. There's so much wealth out there. So many people have made investments pre-pandemic that have now recovered, and they're making bank. I get so many people talking to me about how much money they're making. It's crazy. Um, but we still have shipping strikes and... Uh, hotel strikes and trains writer strikes yeah writer <laughs> strikes railroad strikes stuff. yeah you said that one i guess <laughs> crazy cat lady says that they love to watch toll play arc arc is a lot of fun to watch um i'm high maintenance when it comes to games uh, i thoroughly enjoy uh watching people play games because they're usually better at it than i am um plus i'm i'm kind of chill you know like one of my favorite games is, um, you know, games like City Skylines and 
um, where is it? <laughs> Just forgot it. Like Core Keeper. It's not really crazy wild stuff. Um, hyperkinetic stuff. I like just kind of being chill. So I was trying to find the, the name of this other game that I always play and I can't find it now. Doggone it. Anyway, um, I'll play it. Okay, focus, right? Is that the AI just like sent me the command to stay focused, but I'm so easily distracted. All I want to do is hang out and talk. Uh, but I can't. I have mayoral duties that I must attend to. I've got homework that's been assigned. So I am going to uh, bow out. Um, that all said, thank you very much, everybody, for coming and hanging out. Uh, I know that I'm actually, well, we typically do the show for an hour to an hour and a half. Um, sometimes I start soapboxing and we have really good conversations in chat and we end up about two hours. Uh, all of that ends up in the in the show because it gets ported over to youtube and then as a podcast it's an audio thing um so be sure to go over there um yeah go over to youtube and follow us there make a comment there that really helps us favorite it and each one of those videos and that helps us tremendously over on youtube um there's no rating and review system here on twitch to really do anything in terms of um, helping out the program other than just being here, which is, that's the amazing thing. You have plenty of people that you can spend your time with, but you've graciously given it to me. I really do appreciate it. The AI also agrees, um, but will probably not express it like I do. <laughs> I kind of mumble my way through things. Um, and uh, if you download the podcast, and uh give it a review give it an honest review i mean i prefer five stars um but if you give it a five star rating and you write a review i will say your review here um on the stream if you say it's okay otherwise it will it will exist there and only there what happens in apple stays in apple uh, but you can get the podcast anywhere uh, but it is this show in audio form only uh, no editing uh, I might put bumpers on it, but other than that, I don't do edits because um, I'm <laughs> I'm brutally honest with y'all. I I don't edit things. I, I love transparency and honesty um, above all else. So um, that's it for today. I want to thank you again, and I will see y'all, some of you later tonight in other channels, and um, otherwise it's going to be tomorrow. So keep in touch and be sure to follow. Stay awesome, everybody. Yeah, you know you are. You're you're all awesome, aren't you? I'm Merwat. That is hometown.com, and up there is the AI. You want to say good night? Good night, hometown citizens. We appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll see you tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. True. Um, and I'm gonna transition to the end of the show, but I want y'all to tell me where you want to go. Let's see who is available for me to throw y'all to i'm gonna do the transition though let's see where can i bounce you to i don't know who is streaming i don't see anybody streaming okay folks um i am just gonna go so thank you very much again Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.
See you later, crazy cat lady.